Girlfriends, episode number 253, Hearing God's Voice with Teresa Tamio. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking to my good friend, and you know you know her and love her, Teresa Tamio, about her new book, all about hearing God's voice. I can't wait to get started. Let's go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Happy New Year. I hope your holidays went well. Here at my house, we still have a full house as multiple of my children are still living and working and getting educated here at home. So it's still ongoing. And yet we're we're getting back into our routines here for the start of a new year, 2021. Probably the most anticipated new year um, in many years because of wanting to leave all the mess of 2020 behind us. Are you setting goals for the new year? We've talked before about New Year's resolutions here on Girlfriends and how I kind of prefer setting goals, talking about goals as opposed to resolutions, which is just inviting you to break them. Um, But if you're setting some new goals for the new year, I would love to hear from you because I plan to take that topic up on a future episode of Girlfriends. So uh, you could send it to me, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. What are your goals? What are you doing? What are you doing in your spiritual life? What are you doing in your work life? What are you doing with regard to caring for yourself? caring for your health? What are you doing with regard to your relationships? What are your goals for this new year? It's a fresh start, a new year. We just celebrated the solemnity of Mary, the mother of God. We're in a great place to begin a new year. So I'd love to hear from you about what your goals are, what kinds of things you're looking forward to most in 2021. But in the meantime, I've got this conversation to share with you that I recently had with my good friend, Teresa Tamio. She's so fantastic. I love everything she shares, and I was really excited to see that she has this new book out all about hearing God's voice and sharing some of the unique kinds of stories that people have about ways that they've really felt that they were directly connected to and hearing a message from God. So her book is called Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us, and it's newly out from Sophia Institute Press. You're going to want to check it out. I will have it linked up in the show notes. But first, I want you to hear this conversation because Teresa shares so beautifully about how this book came together and a little bit about the the kinds of stories that you'll find inside of it. So here's my recent conversation with Teresa Tamio. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Girlfriends. I am really excited to have a special guest and my good friend, Teresa Tamio, joining us here today. Teresa Tamio is a syndicated Catholic talk show host, author of numerous books, and an international speaker. She has more than 30 years of experience in TV, radio, and newspaper, 20 of which were as a secular reporter, anchor in the Detroit market. Her weekday morning radio program, Catholic Connection, is produced by Ave Maria Radio in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and is now heard on over 500 radio stations worldwide and on the internet through EWTN. Her newest book, which she's here to share about, is Listening for God, Discovering the Incredible Ways God Speaks to Us from Sophia Institute Press. Welcome, Teresa. I'm excited to welcome you back to Girlfriends. Hey, Girlfriend. Good to talk to you. And you're recently on my program. And we're kind of like uh, have a mutual admiration society going. But I love your work and all that you're doing. And thanks for having me on. And happy new year. Oh, of course. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited to talk with you about this book because you have so many books. 
Um, right before this one, you had one that came out about the coronavirus, which was yeah. so very timely for me. Um, so for sure, we'll have that linked up in the show notes. But I really want to focus on this one, Listening for God. What what prompted you to put together a book like this? Well, I, I was thinking with everything that we went through in, in 2020, and in many ways are you know uh, still going through, uh, people were were really needing encouragement. And I know what always encourages me is to remember what God has done, how God has spoken to me over the years. And I always tell people when I give my talks to keep a God sentences or a God winks journal, even if it's just something as informal as a notepad. And you Mm -hmm. think about something that God has done in your life that you know it was more than just a coincidence, right? Something worked out. You were thinking about someone and all of a sudden they, they called or you were praying about something and, and then you, you saw the, the same verse related to your prayer, you know, on a marquee in front of a church. Those, those odd moments where we know that God is reminding us that he's with us and that every hair on our head is counted. And I started thinking, you know, I know I have a lot of those experiences and I know many of my friends have mentioned them. And so I just started chatting with some of my my girlfriends and and some of my guy friends. And they all said, oh, yeah, this just happened or this happened or wow, this would be something I I could share because it really meant a lot to me. And we ended up with this book that has like, I don't know, 15 or 16 stories in it from people like Al Cresta and our mutual uh, sister, Kelly Walquist, and also Lewis from EWTN, Steve Ray. Uh, so many people, Patty McGuire, Armstrong, really unique circumstances. And what I love about it is they're all different. That God mm-hmm. reaches out through other people, through scripture, through music. I even have two angel experiences, one that happened to me and one that happened to my mother that I share in the book. And the idea is to let people know that God is really speaking. I think when we hear that, people think, oh, yeah, she must be either crazy or, you know, <laughs> we're expected to see Moses, you know, coming down from the mountain with the tablet. Or, gosh, I, I got why would God speak to me? You know, I'm not holy. Right. I'm not theological. He's always speaking to us in, in many ways. And, and scripture is very clear about that. So it's it's a very, I think, um, non-threatening book that you could give to anyone who's struggling because all the stories are different. And the people actually were having experiences. Some of them were having experiences when they even weren't, quote unquote, all that religious and were making their way back to the church or back to a relationship with God. So I think it's very relatable. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, that's a really great idea for a book because we all know of these stories or we experience them ourselves. And and you're so right that it's important to write them down because you will right. forget about them. We're so fickle, right? Like I know yeah. I do this. If I don't write things down or keep a journal in some way, I'll forget that God answered my prayer in this amazing way or or I'll suddenly be reminded of something and be like, oh my gosh, I just completely have moved on and taken that for granted, that answered prayer. But it's it's important, especially these days, I think, for us to be reminded that God is alive and he's working in the world. So maybe just to give somebody a flavor for what the book is like, share one of the stories, either your own or, or one that stands out to you from one of the, the people that you spoke with. Oh, gosh, uh, there's so many good ones. Well, Al Cresta has a really cool story. Now, Al is a very talented author, speaker, and radio host, and he's very knowledgeable, very bright, bright man. But mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know that he also is very um, talented musically. He sings oh. and he plays the guitar. And it okay. was something that he kind of avoided for a few years. But his children, who are all adults now, were encouraging him to, to pick it up again because he really enjoys it. And so mm-hmm. let me just say, because I don't want to give away the whole story, right. that he decides, okay, I think I really need to do this. He prayed about it. And his kids ended up getting him um, the money for so he could buy a brand new guitar. And when he went to purchase the guitar, something happened that was a definite and direct 
affirmation of what he was going to do. I don't want to give it away. It's so yep. cool the way it happened. And then there's Steve Ray who has a, a really cool story in there, a funny story about a dream he had, because God does speak to us, as scripture says in dreams, where he woke his wife Janet up in the middle of the night. And this is shortly after they came back to the church. He's saying, God just told me we have to do this. We have to do this particular project. And Dad's like, what? What are you talking about? But he was, it was very specific in his dream mm-hmm. about what he wanted him to do. And I'm not going to tell you what happened after that, because, again, I want you to read the whole story. Sure. And then we have another author, uh, Alyssa Borms from Minnesota, who works very closely with Kelly Walquist at Women in the New Evangelization. Phenomenal story of how she is reflecting back and, and the story takes place 10 years after she was thinking about taking her own life. And what wow. happened to her 10 years almost to the day was a direct sign of where God had brought her from those desperate moments on the bathroom floor when she was considering taking her own life wow. to a very profound experience she had on a pilgrimage where she just, it hit her that was happening like 10 years to the day of when she almost took her life and how God intervened. So there's some very dramatic stories. A friend of mine, this is really um, powerful and just, uh, it was incredible that she was able to write about it. She's a a wonderful uh, local pro-life speaker. She's uh, now retired from ministry full time and her and her husband were enjoying their retirement while he died suddenly last year. And Mm -hmm. before he died, she had been going through a very intense um, Ignatian retreat process online and in person doing a lot of work. And writing a lot and really kind of going through um, a lot of deep spiritual training, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And then when her husband's sudden death came around and she had made some very quick decisions and she had Father John Ricardo with her was helping her with that process. She realized that it was preparation not only for the future, but it was preparation for right then. And some of the things that happened in terms of the timing of what she was learning and what happened to her husband, Rob. Just phenomenal. So there's all kinds of stories. There's lighter stories like Al's. There's uh, deep stories like Alyssa's and and Steve Ray's. And then I have um, a couple of fun stories in there about uh, a situation that happened to me, how a prayer was answered through um, snail mail almost instantaneously when I needed to hear a prayer. My my wonderful saint, my patron, St. Teresa of Avila, came through like almost instantaneously. It was comical. Wow. Sometimes it's it's comical when things like that happen. You right. say, okay, you're just showing off, God, you know. But, <laughs> you know, it, it can happen. So what I like about the book is there's different situations. Not everybody hears from God the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, he builds on 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 our strengths, on our personality quirks and, you know, things that we like. And, and he'll speak to us and reach out to us that way. So I think anybody can read it. Doesn't matter where they are in their faith. And I think they'll be encouraged. Yeah. So this is this is a book that because I hear from people all the time who say, like, you know what, my my niece is kind of on the fringes of the faith or right. you know, it, it's the kind of book you could hand to somebody like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They, they won't feel any threat because it's not about you must do this or you must do that. I mean, the indication is that when you're in a relationship with God and you're reading scripture and you're praying and you're practicing the sacraments, obviously, you're going to be more open and more mm-hmm. aware. But at the same time, my, my hope is that a lot of people who will who will maybe share the book will share it with those who are kind of on the fringes, because I bet even those people will recognize that God has spoken to them in one way or another. Right. Yeah. Even if they're not that quote unquote religious, so to speak. Right. I think we're all looking for resources like that. We all have people in our Mm -hmm. lives that we want to kind of minister in that way without hitting them over the head with something that they're going to reject outright. But these stories are just intriguing for anybody, you know, like finding these ways we call them God incidences, right? But um, other people would be interested just because uh, it's a... It's an interesting way that people interpret God speaking to them in their life. But so you talked about this, you know, 
being prayerful and reading the scriptures and receiving the sacraments, um, besides those basic ways of being in connection with God, are there ways you personally kind of cultivate the habit of listening for God? Because I think that's something you can get better at doing. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's an everyday uh, practice that, that you have to um, be involved with. And for me, uh, because I was a reporter uh, for many years, as you mentioned in my bio, I'm very aware mm-hmm. of my surroundings. I'm very aware visually. When I was a, a news reporter, a street reporter on TV, I'd have to show up at a scene. I'd have to look around. And normally, if it was a breaking news story, I'd have to summarize everything and turn it around in a matter of minutes and go live. So wow. I'm very visual. I'm all, always seeing things around me. And so God will speak to me that way. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll see a sign outside of a church or maybe I'll see a funny billboard that will be responding to a prayer that I had right at that particular moment. So I think being aware of your surroundings, being aware of mm-hmm. nature in terms of um, beauty is very big for me. But also, I think, too, an- another way that people can can really start paying more attention is to and I, I say this all the time because of my media background is as helpful as the media are. It can also be a big distraction. And mm-hmm. especially during this, um, you were still, you know, trying to figure out this whole COVID thing. We're, we're constantly trying to say, oh, what's the latest? What's happening? What's this? What's this? You know, what what zone are we in or whatever's going on? But silence yourself, you know, turn the media off. And it, you don't have to have it on. Even for me, being a talk show host, I have to do the news every day. Right. There are times that I just don't watch anything. I, I just will, will read and try to grab a book uh, or just do some more scripture reading. But really, Making an even more concerted effort to silence that noise, to stay away from Facebook, not to go to your cell phone every two minutes, not to watch Mm -hmm. every news program out there, which I, you know, as a news person, that's difficult for me because I'm a news junkie. But just I've noticed and my spiritual director is always telling me this, all things Christ and and keep, you know, silencing the noise. And for me, it's a challenge because Mm -hmm. I have a talk show show every day, as I said. But I think silencing the noise, being aware of your surroundings in addition to doing the daily mass readings, being in scripture and asking God to show you, God, where have you been? You know, I, I know you've been there, but kind of reveal to me where you've been in my life. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And um, so you wrote a whole book about technology and the, I think, yeah. was it Noise? Was it called Noise? Noise? my very first book, I have a good memory. Yeah, my very first book. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 2007, 14 years ago. Oh wow. Gosh. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're not old now. No. <laughs> I think we still look great. No, we look fantastic. Um, but so I, I'm glad you mentioned that about technology because I was thinking about this in my preparation for this interview. I was like looking at you as the you're this queen of this media empire, right? And yet, <laughs> and yet, you if you get lost in that, yeah. it can drown out the voice of God. Right. So I'm I'm so encouraged to know that you deliberately do that as well, like shutting down the news. I, I know for me anyway, if I'm consuming news all the time. For sure, it increases my anxiety. Um, but then also, it it turns into this thing where I feel like I need to have a take on everything. Right. Like, like I need to be saying something. And that isn't always the case. Sometimes we need to just be listening. Isn't that right? That's right. And, and I think, too, just from, from, you know, just a little insider tip here, the media want you to constantly turn to them and they want you to be constantly fearful. Because if you're fearful, you're going to constantly tune in to see what's happening. You know, NIMBY, the acronym, not in my backyard. As long as it's not happening in my backyard, I'm fine. So you're constantly turning in to see mm-hmm. what the latest stats are on COVID, to see what's happening you know, with the latest car wreck down the street. Constantly in the state of fear and anxiety, wondering what's coming next. And they build their business around that. And I'm not kidding. We would have consultants coming in and telling us or in TV news, Radio news as well, but especially TV news because it's so visual that in the first, what we call the first bag of the newscast, the first 10, 15 minutes, there had to be particular stories 
And it usually had to be one of them at least had to be if it bleeds, it leads. Why? Right. Because, you know, blood and guts and fear and accidents and fires and all that ugly stuff that has to be up there because people will they're like, you know, going down the street and seeing that car wreck. They're always going to be, be looking at it. So just out of curiosity, say you're going to be drawn to it. But then you want to go back and say, OK, I want to make sure that something else didn't happen in my neighborhood. And again and again. And now all this this talk that we have, I don't even call it talk. Everybody's screaming at each other all the time. <laughs> True. It makes us, it's like, just talk to me. Just speak to me like a normal person. Don't yell at me or yell the story. But it gets you um, very hyper and you can lose your peace fairly quickly. And then you almost become like these so-called, you know, hosts where you're always like, as you said, ready to comment or ready to react. Right. Yeah, we don't have to know everything about everything under the sun. I'm not saying that we put our heads in the sand and and aren't aware of what's going on in our world, especially to keep ourselves informed. We need to be to be informed Catholics. But it's it's just overload in our world Mm -hmm. right now. And people just need to to back off and to have some silent time. And there are so many studies and I mean, I have a ton of them in my first book and I keep writing about them that show a direct connection between how much media you take in. And a right. negative impact on your life on many levels, many levels. Yeah, so true. So true. Yeah. And that's often a theme here on Girlfriends. I'm telling people, yeah. shut it off, shut it off, at least yeah. for some period of every day, I think is so important. But let, let's talk about this idea of listening for the voice of God, because this is something, you know, I've got young adult children and um, young people in my life who sometimes will talk to me about, you know, they're they're discerning, always discerning, like, what's my vocation? Or does God want me to do this? Go to this school, marry this person, you know, all of these different kinds of things. That, and I think sometimes, and this is what I, I counsel them, that we make it maybe more complicated than it needs to be when we're trying to determine God's will in our lives. Like we get caught up in that we're always discerning, like, but maybe God's speaking to us in more obvious ways. Have you ever experienced that? Or what are your thoughts about that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I, I remember when I was trying to decide what to do with my life after I, I came back to the church and I was still working in the secular media and, and I was miserable. And, you know, it, it's funny because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do for the rest of my life. I thought it would die in a live shot somewhere covering a murder or a fire <laughs> or something because that's just what I did. I've been on the radio since I was you know, 14 years old doing news. I was on right. little, we had a little radio station in high school, and so I was on that, and that's all I'd known. But I, I knew toward the end of my 20 years in the business that it was, it was wearing me out. It was affecting my life. It was affecting my ability to be with my husband, to concentrate on my faith because I was still working week. It was just really a rough, it's a real rough business to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I, I just realized I couldn't do it anymore. And I walked away in the year 2000. I, I honestly, Danielle, I didn't know what I, what I wanted to do. I just said, okay, Lord, you know, here I am, whatever you want me to do. It wasn't exactly this very, you know, brave moment. It was just like, I was burnt out. I was tired I knew that I wasn't being used effectively with my gifts. And I just said, okay, Lord, just whatever you want me to do. You want me to stay home and have kids? That's fine. If you don't, you know, give me an idea. I, I literally just, it wasn't, it, it was such a peace that came over me when I did that, which is weird because I'm such a type A personality and I always have these goals, you know, that I'm trying to, to fulfill. And I just let it go. And that was the biggest thing is to say, okay, you know what, Lord, I trust that you're, you, you saved my marriage, you saved my life. I'm just going to trust that you're going to direct me. And within um, two weeks of saying that prayer, I received a call from the local evangelical station where Al Cresta had just worked. And he had where he worked before he came back to the Catholic Church. And they hired me and gave me a talk show. It was called Christian Talk with Teresa Tamio. I was there for two years. And then then Catholic Radio began. Mm -hmm. Al Maria Radio was starting and Al knew me from the local media. 
And he called me and said, hey, we'd like to give you a show. But it wasn't all at once. It was just the mm-hmm. biggest thing you can do in terms of, quote unquote, discerning. The first thing you have to do is, is, is let go and let God and say, OK, Lord, here I am. I have come to do your will, not my will. And then you just kind of go about your business. And, and what's that saying that you work as if everything depended on you and pray as if everything depended on God? Right. Go about your business. I mean, if you're thinking about maybe getting another degree, okay, maybe that's where God is calling you. Go and look at on some online classes and think about it for a little bit. Just take one day at a time. God's going to show you. I mean, for mm-hmm. me, it was pretty quick. Um, I need bold responses because I'm very thick-headed, being 100% Italian. <laughs> But he, he will show you. He will just, he's not going to give you the whole picture. See, we as Americans, we want everything all outlined for us. You know, we want the whole, you know, kit and caboodle right there. It doesn't work that way. God's mm-hmm. never going to show you everything that he has in mind. He wants to take you one step at a time because he wants it to be your choice because he gives us free will. So I say, first of all, as my mother used to say in her Jersey accent, offer it up, put it at the foot of the court. <laughs> And really just say, okay, Lord, I'm yours. St. Teresa of Avila has uh, another great prayer that I discovered when I was actually in Avila uh, a few years ago. And uh, it's not the, I mean, I think the Sturbu is great, but there's another one that's even more detailed. It's called, I am yours. What do you want of me? And she repeats this whole thing. I, w- I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do? Or what do you want of me? Oh, and this whole refrain, it's a very long prayer, very powerful. And so just say that to yourself. I am yours. I was made for you. What do you want me to do, dear Lord? Doesn't have to be complicated. Say, I'm here. Whatever gifts I have, I want them to be used for you. Yeah, I I think that's so true. It it doesn't have to be complicated. And we make it more complicated than it needs to be because we want everything laid out. We want to see every minute. And we we forget that God didn't promise us he'd lay it all out like that. Like he promised us our daily bread. So. That's yep, not yep. a year's worth. It's not a month's worth. It's one day at a time. And that one can be so time. hard, though. It can, especially in our world, because we're, you know, we're also, as I mentioned, goal oriented. But the mm-hmm. walk with Jesus is really exciting. I mean, it's just crazy sometimes. But it, but at the same time, it's it's really an adventure. It's like this roller coaster, these great turns and these dips and these highs and sometimes lows. And but it gives you a whole different perspective. And I was talking uh, recently with the interview with our, our mutual friend, Chris Stefanik, talking about mm-hmm. um, joy and having the joy of the Lord. Uh, what keeps me going are, are these stories in my own life. Like my husband's a deacon now, as you know. Mm-hmm. And when I go to mass and he's serving, I just look at him on the altar and I'm like, how the heck did that even happen? And two of us <laughs> came so close to divorce. We were so, you know, worldly. And now right. he's a deacon and I'm a Catholic talk show host. What? Uh, Amazing. Amazing. I I can do. That's all God's grace. And step by step, we didn't have, he didn't know when we both came back to the church that he would be discerning the diaconate. Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time that I would be going into Catholic media. I didn't even know about EW10 or Ave Maria Radio back then. It's just Mm -hmm. that I knew that God was calling me to do something else with my life. And so step by step, we healed our marriage and just kept opening ourselves up to God. And, And we kept hearing from God. We look back now. And we realized that he was speaking to us. Like, for example, out of the blue, two people came up to my husband, even before he even considered the diaconate and said, have you ever thought about being a deacon? What? Like what? Like just wow. out of the blue, Danielle, out of the blue, they just came up to him and said, wow, you know, you would make a really good deacon. You ever thought about that? So you look back on those moments and you realize that God is always speaking. We mm-hmm. just have to be able to recognize it. 
And I think that's why I think this book will be really encouraging for people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm so glad you mentioned your husband because I can't have a Teresa Tomio interview and not talk about your (laughs) husband because you two are such a beautiful, joyful example of a faith-filled marriage. Um, How do you go about together with your husband, Deacon Dominic, right? His name's Dominic. Yes, Deacon Dominic. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Um, how do you go about discerning God's will together? Do you guys have times that you pray together or um, that you have, you know, times where you kind of discuss big decisions together, that kind of thing? Yeah, one of the biggest things we started doing um, on the way back to the church, because we came back um, to the Catholic faith through a non-denominational Bible study of all things, is that scripture was very important to us. So we got into the habit early on and we still try to do it. Now, sometimes it's a little difficult because he has sometimes has seven o'clock mass in the morning. So it's not always possible, but we mm-hmm. always try to do as much reading of the daily mass readings each week together. And we do the reflection, um, either the word among us or Magnificat. We use both and we just kind of sit and talk about that. And, and we pray together quite frequently. We like to take a lot of walks and when we walk, we pray the rosary together and offer it up for a particular need. Um, also always talking about how we're going to and praying about how we're going to continue to try to reach out to our families because we're in a family, wonderful people, but a lot of them are fallen away Catholics and do not take their faith um, seriously. And so how do we do an outreach to them? So, but yeah, I think the biggest thing we do is we love scripture. And -hmm. then we also just love to talk about God. Just love to talk about what what God has done in our life and just, just about the church or a particular situation, maybe a particular teaching. We're also both very involved in the pro-life movement. He's a sidewalk counselor. And mm-hmm. then um, every year when I go down to cover the March for Life for EWT, he always comes with me and he loves being down there. And and we really take part in the different events. And and so there's a, there's a lot of really cool things. And also the other thing we do too as a deacon couple is we do a lot of diaconate retreats together. Okay. And we speak to like, he'll go off and talk to the deacons who are in formation. I'll talk to the wives or we've even done, uh, for example, Bishop Rickon brought us in to do a whole weekend for all the couples in the diocese of oh, Green wow. Bay. My Archbishop Vigneron has had us speak to um, both the diaconate formation group and also just deacon couples. So we're doing a lot of a lot of additional work. We're going down to uh, San Antonio this year in October, uh, and we're doing a big retreat for the entire archdiocese for all of their both deacon couples and those who are in formation. And that's a really fun journey too, is to journey together as a deacon couple. Yeah, I love yeah. that. And what what a great gift the two of you together are. I just love everything that you share together. It's such well, It's so funny because we're complete opposites as you know. <laughs> I mean, it's like we it's it's just we always say that God put us together because it's a mere form of entertainment for himself. <laughs> it truly so is. Different. <laughs> So I love that about you too, though. So yeah. definitely, thank I'm you the for quiet sharing. One. I know that's I'm the quiet one who never says anything. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> not remotely. Not remotely. Not, not, no, nobody's not. buying that. Yeah, um, yeah. But what are your plans for this book? So we're in a new year, and many of us are setting goals for the new year. We're looking ahead to Lent. Uh, do you have some plans for putting together something related to this book for people to, you know, do together in the new year? Yes, we are working with our wonderful publisher, Sophia Institute Press, and putting together a Lenten program. Um, last year, when my COVID book came out, I actually went to my parish and recorded a series of talks. And so we're trying to figure out the best format for it. Should I go back to my church and, and teach it there? Should I should I do something online with Zoom? We're still working that out, but we are going to be sending out um, emails and press releases, and I'll also be talking about it on my radio show. But what's nice about the book is that 
Um, you can use it on your own. You can use it in a group study because each uh, chapter has questions at the end of it. And then oh, I also I have a ton of resources at the end of the book um, with different Bible studies, different ministries uh, that people can can find to help them grow closer and to hear more directly from God. So yeah, we're working on a Lenten project and also going to be okay. doing a few things later this month in January with the book as well. Wonderful. Yeah. So we'll have that linked up in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. And you can always tune in to Teresa Tomio on social media or on her radio show to get more information about that. One last question for you, Teresa, before we have to wrap up here. I know some people listening are really struggling right now. You know, this age of COVID is hard on everybody. There are some people I know listening that feel like God's not speaking to me. God, I'm I'm not hearing him. He's far away. They're really in that place of struggle. What might you say to somebody who's struggling like that right now? Well, first of all, if you're listening to this program, God's speaking to you right now because he's speaking to you through us and the fact that we're reminding you that he loves you, that every hair on your head is counted and that God is a God of hope. And the devil wants us to be discouraged. My friend, Father John McCardell, an amazing teacher based here in the Archdiocese of Detroit, always says that discouragement is a devil's greatest tool. And what I say in my book, um, COVID Conquering Coronavirus, um, How Faith Can um, can Bring Our Fears to Rest, is that, okay, so we're still going through this COVID thing, but COVID is not the only struggle we're going to have when we're alive. We're in a fallen world. And that's why, as Christians, our faith is not based on our circumstances. Our faith is based on a relationship with the Lord. And I guarantee you, no matter what you're going through, and I've been through the ringer, that God has something better in store. Do not give up. Look to God get to mass, sit before Jesus in adoration and just say, okay, Lord, you know what? I got, even if you say, I got nothing, I got nothing, I have nothing. Zip zero, nada, help me. And that is some of the most beautiful words the Lord will ever hear, but do not give up and do not give into discouragement. Yeah. Powerful words of wisdom and encouragement. Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Love you. Thanks for all your great work and thanks for having me on. And we're going to have you back on the show soon. Happy new year. Sounds great. First, a quick break. Hi, I'm Sonia Corbett, the Bible study evangelista and a Baptist turned Catholic. As a Baptist, I thought that Catholic beliefs were invented, that they came out of nowhere and had no connection whatsoever to the Bible. I also happened to believe that the Old Testament was about rules, rituals, and sacrifices that the New Testament gave us permission to ignore for a personal relationship with Jesus. It's a long story, but as God began connecting the Old and New Testaments for me, I was stunned by the beautiful consistency of God in the Catholic Church. I can't tell you how exciting it was when God opened my eyes to the incredible ways the Old Testament foreshadows God's plan for the New Testament and for His Catholic Church. In my book, Fulfilled, Uncovering the Biblical Roots of Catholicism, I explain these amazing connections, and I share how those connections helped change my life. If you read this book, I promise that you will come away with tools to help you share your Catholic faith easily, answer questions about how your Catholic faith fits with what's in the Bible, and most importantly, grow deeper in your relationship with Christ. If you're interested in learning more or ordering a copy of Fulfilled, Uncovering the Biblical Roots of Catholicism, you can do so at ascensionpress.com or on Amazon. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And I don't have an email to read, but um, a mom who didn't want me to share her name uh, on social media just recently reached out and she wanted to know if I would take on the topic, answer the question of how to give up coffee. (laughs) 
So I think this is her goal for 2021. And so, okay, I'll answer that question, how to give up coffee. First of all, I'm going to say, why would you want to give up coffee? I don't know. It's such a great thing. (laughs) But people have their own reasons for wanting to give up things. So, and I thought I would take on this question because the, the things that I'm going to share here might apply to any new habit that you're trying to establish. And many of us are, as I said at the start of the show, trying to establish new habits in the new year. So um, I've got three tips that I want to I want to share with regard to giving up coffee or whatever it is that you want to be changing in uh, your personal habits. So first of all, make it easy, make it a no brainer. Like don't, if you want to, we'll use this example of coffee because that's what the person asked about. Uh, If you want to give up coffee, don't get up in the morning and walk down into your kitchen and have your coffee maker staring at you in the face and, you know, the coffee right there on the counter to tempt you. Yes, other people in your household may still be drinking coffee, but find a way to make it more out of your way, something that's not going to be right there in your face tempting you. If no one else is drinking coffee, it's easy. Put the whole thing away. Um, Don't be buying coffee. Don't have it lying around reminding you of what you don't have. Look for ways to kind of make that easy so that you're not constantly having to make a decision. I once read about willpower that we do have a finite amount of willpower. So like the example I think this person used was like a cupcake sitting on the counter. And every time you walk by, you see the cupcake and you don't want to eat the cupcake. And so you just make this choice every time you're having to make this choice. See cupcake, eat cupcake is the invitation, right? When you see it. And just having to answer again and again, no, I won't eat the cupcake. No, making that decision over and over and over again just wears you down. So whatever it is you're trying to give up, whatever it is you feel like requires willpower to remove from your life for whatever good purpose that you want to do that, then make it so that you're not having to make that decision over and over again. Make that decision and then set up your life in such a way so that you don't have to keep on making that decision. You don't have to keep on considering the thing that you're wanting to give up. So make it a no-brainer. Make it easy to make the choice that you want to be making. So in this case, giving up coffee, make it easy to make that choice. Move it out of your way. Make it so you'd have to go way out of your way to get a cup of coffee. Okay. Second of all, hold yourself accountable in some way maybe sharing with family members, maybe a girlfriend that you're going to text every day who's got a similar goal in her life. And you can check in with each other like, how'd you do today? Are you missing coffee? Me too. You know, that kind of solidarity can kind of um, make you feel like you're not alone in it, but also give you that accountability where somebody's going to be asking you like, how are you doing with the no coffee thing? Um, so that can be really helpful no matter what you're trying to give up or what what new habit you're trying to establish. Finding a way to make yourself accountable is really good. Maybe not your husband because I don't know about you, but I I kind of take it personally if Dan's checking in on me on these kinds of goals. Like that's none of your business. <laughs> or I feel criticized by him if I mess it up. And um, so maybe not your husband if you think you might have those kinds of issues. I think a girlfriend is great for this. Um, somebody who has a similar goal in mind. It might not be giving up coffee, but maybe you have a girlfriend who's looking to give up something else. And you could kind of work on that together. Um, a great idea for people who aren't yet making New Year's goals, but maybe are thinking ahead toward Lent, which is right around the corner. Um, find yourself an accountability partner. I think that's really helpful. And then the last thing I want to mention is replace it. It'll make it easy to slip in. Like these things that we do out of habit, like it's, it's comforting. It's easy. Like we said, uh, it's a no brainer. Like if the coffee's there, it's a no brainer. Drink the coffee. If it's not there, it makes it easier to not be drinking it. But if you have this daily habit of drinking coffee and you want to break that habit, 
Um, then look for a way to replace the coffee. I don't know um, this particular person who asked this question if she's okay with tea. Um, you might do an herbal tea if it's caffeine that you're looking to avoid. Uh, but another hot beverage, even just hot water. This is so funny. My mom sometimes will drink just plain hot water. And I always laughed about that. I thought it was ridiculous. But um, one recent day, I wanted something hot to drink. And I thought, I didn't want any caffeine at that particular time of the day. And I just drank a cup of hot water. It was actually not bad at all. <laughs> and a great way to kind of stay hydrated and not be drinking anything necessarily that was going to be detrimental to my health. So maybe a cup of water. Um, but look for a way to replace that habit. Um, you know, whether it's drinking a, another hot drink or a different kind of drink, maybe you just want to drink sparkling water. Um, maybe you want to just, you know, put a little lemon in some tea and enjoy that when you normally would have been enjoying coffee. But sometimes we don't realize that the things that we have a, as a habit that are hard to break, like drinking coffee, for example, might not so much be about the coffee as we like having a more a warm mug in our hands. We like the ritual of making the coffee. Well, then find a way to replace that. Replace it with something so that it doesn't feel like this huge gap in your life that's going to make you feel like you're really lacking something and wanting for something. So that's the third point that I would make for a way to give up something that you have that habit of is to look for a way to just replace it. If it's a habit, it's easy to slip another habit in there, something slightly different that's in line with what you want to be doing. Okay, those are my tips for giving up coffee, except why would you want to do that? <laughs> giving up coffee is not on my list of New Year goals. But uh, like I said at the start, I'd love to hear what your New Year goals are. Are you setting goals like this? Or are you just so relieved that it's no longer 2020? Uh, and expecting everything to change overnight, which it will not, um, that you're not setting particular goals. I I'd love to hear from you on this topic, because I'd love to take it up on a future episode of Girlfriends. So send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. And that's all the time we have for today. But before we have to wrap up here, I just want to quickly mention my virtual retreat options because I've got a number of these lined up. And let me tell you, it has been such a joy to put these together. It's been a joy to connect via Zoom with women all over the country and um, get together with women's groups in this way and talk about the themes in my two books, especially You're Worth It and You Are Enough stories of women in the Bible, the Old Testament inside of You Are Enough and the New Testament inside of You're Worth It. So I have virtual options that are ready to go for both of these different retreats. And I'd love to connect with you if you're interested in bringing something like this to your parish, if you're interested in just doing this with your women's group. Um, I also have available a virtual option that's not a retreat, but like a live Q&A session. If you want more information about doing that with women in your community, I would love to hear from you. You can go to daniellebean.com slash retreats. There's a little form there that you can fill out to get more information, especially about the virtual retreat option. I'd love to be able to connect with you that way. We all need to be more creative in the age of COVID in the ways that we're going to connect with other women share our stories with one another and really build each other up inside of our identity as Catholic women, as daughters of God, learning from women inside of the Bible stories is a beautiful way that we can do that. And in these days where it's harder to get together in person, I love having these virtual options. So again, go to daniellebean.com slash retreats. If you want to fill out that form to request more information, I'd love to be able to connect with you in that way. 
And that's all for today. But I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for being part of the Girlfriends podcast. I pray for the people who listen to this podcast every week because I'm so very grateful for your presence here. I'm so encouraged by the fact that we're able to connect here through the podcast. So I want to thank you for being here. That truly is a gift to me. So thank you for that. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 